All right. So I've been thinking about just society in general lately, um, more specifically society related to employment. And I'm noticing that there's a common trend that people don't actually want to talk about their salaries with each other, obviously. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... Uh, so what is it not it's common? not no not trends it's it's always been like that it's considered taboo right yeah. that salary exactly which i i mean we did touch upon it like a couple episodes ago but now it's getting to a point where i i don't know i recently read this article that said video game programmers actually that work crunch hours in the states get paid roughly i mean the base salary right uh without overtime is about roughly 16 to 17 dollars an hour that is only maybe a dollar or two more than like what i get paid usually from my my day job right and i'm like that is ridiculous because they probably put in like five times the work into their job than i do into mine and they're getting paid like 16 or 17 but people don't talk about that which is just crazy Again, this is why the video game industry and like all those all those other places or like entertainment industries in general are starting to form unions, uh, so they can combat that wage gap. But I just find it interesting because I I've just been reading up a lot, even with films as well, how there's such a disparity between how much the production companies like maybe Disney, for instance, is like it's getting paid like what the top brass is getting paid, and what like the the base level like i don't know screenplay writers are getting paid and it's like the writers create the film but somehow the producers get like maybe 50 a ch like chunky 50 percent and then leave the other 50 percent for like for it to be distributed among the cast and like just the people involved in making the actual movie i just i don't know what you guys i don't know what your two cents is on it but i just find it very interesting and then yet well, people I'm... tell you, well, don't talk about your salary because it's like, I don't know, for some weird reason, it's like, well, we d I don't want to be embarrassed that I'm getting paid less than this other person. But I, I don't think that's the case. Well, I don't know. I've, it's more like, I feel like, in my opinion, it's done that way. So like you don't discuss your salary that way. If you're being underpaid, you don't realize how little you're being paid compared to your coworkers. Like, remember when we talked about... I don't think I told you about the Bon Appetit channel. Mm -hmm. So like Bon Appetit, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this is this like this massive magazine, right? And they had a YouTube channel, and it came out that the minorities on the channel, right, mm -hmm. on the YouTube videos, that being paid significantly less or not being paid at all compared to the white co co-workers. Right. Yeah, which is. Well, the... I mean. Yeah, go for it, Pam. It it's kind of like the same concept of like when you come out of university and you're expecting to be paid a certain way if you have it. it's no difference than when you are coming out of university and you expect to be paid x amount of dollars mm -hmm. because you have this degree or this degree or postdoc or whatever and you come out of university and i feel like what university does is oh because you have an undergrad degree you'll get paid a minimum of 25 dollars an hour and then you step out in the real world and you get that real, real, real rude awakening of, 
you start at seventeen dollars an hour, if, if not less. If you're lucky to yeah. get seventeen, usually it starts at like maybe thirteen. I would. Well, I mean, that's like the thing. I worked at a vet clinic, mm-hmm. and yes, I was the lowest man on the totem pole. I had almost as much education as the doctors because I went to school for eight years. Mm-hmm. I was making fourteen twenty-five. Exactly. Right. And it was like, if this is paid, if I was paid for my education, I should be making like thirty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember, and I mean. I remember seeing when I was job hunting, I saw a job posting once where like they wanted post grad, PhD, like all the works, and then guess how much they wanted to pay them? How much? Fifteen an hour. <laughs> well, okay, that's one thing. Like, cause I work. Um, yeah. For the government of Canada, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's different levels. There's like a GL level, which is um, general labor. There is an EG level, which is um, engineering and services. So like the technicians and all that. And then there's like CR ones, which are our clerical staff and all that. And so the eg market is so flooded like we're kind of i want to say middleman mm-hmm. it's so flooded with people who have their phd who have their postdocs who have all that because there is no jobs in the, like the vm positions or the higher the ex positions and all that where they should be working because uh no one wants to retire right yeah. Which and is, then, yeah. so then, whereas GL and EGs are for people who have, you know, their undergrad or who have trades, mm-hmm. right? And then it makes it just, and then it skews everything and makes people for coming out of university with their undergrads even harder to get a job, right? Because then they're competing with postdocs. And based in the government, you are hired, part of your way you're hired is based on your education. Right. Pretty much. So. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous, you know. And again, I just, I, I would, in an ideal world, I would love for people to talk more about their wages with each other, you know, just because we need to break that social barrier, you know, in one way or another, we all need to be Enola Holmes. No. <laughs> no. 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 Nope. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi defund the police, Simwaka. I'm Pam Hinchark. And I guess welcome Winnipeg, because at this point, this should be our first episode actually airing on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. During rush hour traffic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we hope... Everyone gets to Hope everyone's either home or almost home. Maybe, let's just say 10 minutes away from home at this point. And if you're stuck in Winnipeg construction, you get to spend the next hour with us. <laughs> I mean, it's Winnipeg. It's always construction. It's yeah, winter or construction. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that focuses on audience or host handpicked films 
based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. All of the review points on the movies that we talk about are totally based off of ours as your hosts um, and our guests on the show, if we ever have any. Uh, on this episode, we don't have any right now. Uh, but usually, if you go back to our previous episodes on Spotify and iTunes, uh, we do have a lot of a lot of guests that come in every now and then. Uh, Uchi and Pam, how are you guys doing? I'm alive yeah. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. how 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 was you guys' Friday nights? I guess because at the time of recording, this is a Sunday morning. So, don't you mean Saturday I nights? Had... Yeah. So how was your Saturday, Saturday night? night? Yeah. I mean, it was great except for this one person who was a coward. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> who was a coward? I'm oh just saying. Oh my goodness. Jeez, what about you, Pam? By Saturday night, I think I made Chinese food and then sat on the couch and watched Friends. I think. I don't know. I, I can't remember. It wasn't exciting. It was a blur. It was so boring that it was so fun that it just became a blur. I watched this movie. That's why I can't remember it. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's what I did. Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's time to jump into some thoughts. Well, I mean, we haven't even introduced the film. We haven't introduced the film we're reviewing today. Um, on this episode of the Northern Critic Podcast, we will be reviewing the 2020 Netflix film, Enola Holmes. This is a British mystery film based on the first book in the series of the same name by Nancy Springer. The film, which centers upon the teenage sister of an already famous Sherlock Holmes, is directed by Harry Bradbeer and from a screenplay... Uh, basically written by Jack Thorne and Millie Bobby Brown, which who also s- stars as the main character. So I actually find it interesting that Millie Bobby Brown was involved in the writing of the screenplay for this, given her age. I actually think that's kind of cool. Um, basically, I think she also served as a producer as well, to be honest. Um, and then it also stars uh, Henry Cavill, uh, Sam Claffin, Adil Akhtar, Fiona Shaw, Francis de la Tour, uh, Louis Patridge, and Susie Wokoma. So basically, they, they all just appear in supporting roles. It's actually interesting seeing Henry Cavill in a supporting role in the film. This is like, I guess, one of the few films you actually just see him as being a side character. Uh, Enola Holmes was released on September 23rd of 2020 by Netflix. And the film has received generally positive reviews from critics who praised Millie Bobby Brown's performance. Uh, You guys were wondering why I was very um, impressed earlier before we started recording this. But as of today, uh, this is the 27th of September, I believe, the Rotten Tomato score for Enola Holmes is 92% with a total of 117 critics, basically. Which I that is ridiculous. That's actually actually really good, um, and I don't know why, but apparently a lot of people loved it, which like is great. I was, I mean, we'll get into my initial thoughts on it, I guess. I I personally want to um, know what those critics are smoking. But, <laughs> um, but essentially, the production started February twenty nineteen. 
Uh, they basically read the book series of the, well, basically called the Enola Holmes Mysteries. That's what the book series was called. Um, and then it came into development by Legendary Pictures with Millie Bobby Brown producing and starring in the title role. Um, it basically uh, is, a, a, yeah, it has an average rating of 7.14 out of 10% on Metacritic as well. So generally, actually, it's doing pretty well with people calling Millie Bobby Brown a bright young actress, a movie star actor, and potentially interesting concept gets smothered in 128 minutes of colorful, empathy, empty nonsense. I think this is what this critic said. So this critic is more or less saying Millie Bobby Brown was great. The story, maybe not that great. Um, but then you also get some other people saying that the film was an entertaining franchise starter and praised, again, Millie Bobby Brown's performance, stating that her acting style recalls the effusive spontaneity Kara Knightley brought to Pride and Prejudice, shattering the straticated propriety or, or so many uh, Jane Austen adaptations before it. So basically, again, they, they're going into the film style being more tasteful. Uh, it's high-energy story storytelling that basically... Um, I don't know, some people are, com are comparing the style to Guy Ritchie as well, because from what I can see from the reviews here. Um, anyways, that's all that the general critics who get paid to review this say. Let's get into what you guys think with initial thoughts. All right. This movie is very, very average plot. Wow, mm. that story is not the the story and what happens towards like the end of the movie. I did not enjoy. I did not like that. But Mary Bobby Brown's performance is amazing. She carried this movie, and I understand why people praised her performance. Like that was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, Henry Carvel as well was great. Uh, the dude who played the other Sherlock brother, Mycroft, Sam Clifton, Clif Clifton, uh, yeah. He My, played Mycroft, yeah. Mycroft. He was also really good. Like, the Holmes family were really good in their roles. Like, the characters were great. They were entertaining. Also, let's not but, forget the her mom. Their mom also Helena played... Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, she played Bellatrix in, Harry po in the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter series. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. But anyways, Uchi, continue. Yes, before I was rudely interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like... As the actual like plot and what happened was the end, I didn't. I found it was a kind of lackluster, to be honest. And it was more like there's no real sense of satisfaction when she does find her mom in the end. But like mm -hmm. that's more because of there was no real clues to what her mom was planning and what the point of it was. Mm -hmm. it, it really does feel like. It's a setting up for a sequel, which I assume mm -hmm. is what it's doing. It right? is, yeah. It's a series starter because the book yeah. series, yeah. So, because it's like, it, it felt really weird that halfway through the movie, she was like, "Okay, I can't. Like, my priority is to find my mom, but the but this random guy I met once on the train is in danger. I must go save his life." And now they're falling in love, and I was like, "Cool." I uh, guess. no, they. I don't think they fell in love. But we'll get to that. I don't. I don't think that's what they're going for. But anyways, that's that's fair. 
continue? Is that how you're done? <laughs> yeah, that's my initial thoughts. This yeah. movie's very eh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, Pam, are you going next? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so this movie. I wanted to, like, I don't hate it. I wanted to love it, and I think I wanted it to be more than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting, like, Henry Cavill, Sam Clifton, Millie Bobby Brown, and Helen, Helena Car- Bonham Carter are amazing. I mean, at the moment I saw, and I think it did help that you see Helena Bonham Carter, and you're like, yes, this movie's going to be great, because she always plays such a strong female role, and usually the movies she does are big hits. Mm-hmm. Um and then it just kind of fell flat for me. Like, the beginning captured me, and then that was it. I felt it was very long. There was tons of plot holes and unnecessary information. Mm. Um, The other thing that drove me absolutely nuts is when Enola would look at the camera and be like, what do you think? Mm. I really don't care. Just get rid of all that. Like, I I didn't feel like that was that great. I, I didn't think the movie needed it. Um, the ending was unsatisfactory and just how she starts on the journey for her mother and then gets sidetracked by this boy she meets on a train. And then I feel like they were trying hard to like set up the whole concept of like romance and but that she didn't want to go into being like a house housewife essentially. And that's why they had it end the way it did between them. Um but yeah, overall, I just thought it was really... I wanted it to be more action-adventure, and it was very two hours of boredom for me. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, acting, great. The characters, shallow. Not really a lot of development. And yeah, the pacing for me was just all off. So it was just two hours of... I don't remember the movie, frankly, and that's why when I said oh, that's what I did last night. Watch this movie because it was that lackluster to me. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, Before I go into my initial thoughts, I want to clarify two things, two key things. The first Mm -hmm. thing is for those people watching this movie or people who are thinking about watching it or people who have seen it, I want you to remember that this is a young adult. Like their audience is going towards the young adults, right? Similar to when we did, I don't know, Five Feet Apart or something like that. Um, Uh And it is more or less channeled towards, like, family watching, right? Um, Uh As far as her staring into the camera, again, Uh I feel like that's more centered towards, okay, the little little girls who are... Can you you stop doing that? No, 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 because, like, I hear some hypocrisy. What do you mean so hypocrisy? Remember... When we did Five Feet Apart, <laughs> yes. and you were like, it doesn't matter if it's not aimed at me. It's mm-hmm. a terrible movie. Yes, yes, I'm getting to that. I haven't gotten to my second point yet, so calm down. <laughs> I haven't yeah. gotten there yet. Let me explain my second point, then you'll then you'll get it. What I'm trying to, what I'm getting at. Okay, so, Uchi's just adding you right now. Well, no, he okay. is, but then I'm not even done saying what I'm or like what I'm saying, right? Um, so essentially, again, geared towards young adults. The looking into the camera was kind of like, okay, this is kind of more, again, if you're a little girl like my little cousins or something watching it, they would, it, it, it's more interactive for them usually when they have something like that. Um, and then the second part, which I was getting to, 
was that it is based off the books, like almost. I think that just makes it worse. Um. Well, again, the books are young adult, right? And it's based off the books to a T, right? Like everything is literally the way it is. The books were kind of more of a feminist, like a feminism movement at the time. They just kind of made like, oh, what if Sherlock Holmes had a sister and what kind of um, societal obstacles would she have to overcome, right? And that's kind of like, okay, they involved the the Duke of Marcus, uh, Marquis, Marquise, I don't know. Marquis. But Marquis. Uh, and then they essentially uh, unravel like Basically, her solving his mystery was her coming out party, so to speak, mm. right? Obviously, it wasn't done well. So again, I'm not praising this movie, which is why I said I was surprised when it did have a 92% rating. But similar to what I said when we reviewed, uh, when we reviewed Project Power, I cannot be too hard on this movie because, again, we have not seen... A lot of films that center around young, I mean, young adults, regardless, to center around a message like this that just kind of says, you know, as a young woman, right, you have to, like, you know, Henry Cavill's character, Sherlock, says it best, you have to basically not change for society. And it had some really powerful messages in there, too, because I can see a little girl watching that and being like, you know what? I don't need to always look pretty, I don't need to center my life around men. You know, or things like that. And I liked the message it was sending across. From a technical perspective, it was beautifully shot. Like, basically, they got the look of 1800s London and 1800s England, like, really well. Even they had the red coats in the background, stuff like that. Uh, the costumes were pretty, like, impressive. The screen, the screenplay was a little bit loose at times. Um, and I feel like, again, that's them underestimating the intelligence of a younger audience if they because they do imagine a younger audience would be watching, which is one of my problems with Hollywood, because Hollywood always underestimates the intelligence of children. Um, and I, I don't think you should do that. So definitely it could have been better story writing uh, and it was sloppy in some areas, too. But generally, I am in support of this movie because there's not a lot of movies like this which is similar to my stance on Project Power. That's what I was trying to say. But yeah. I just I just want to say two things. Mm -hmm. um, like my only issue is that it's based off of a book. I feel like if they copied the book to the T, they could have maybe jazzed it up a little bit. Mm. And my other thing is like with kids movies, I feel like with her talking at the camera and making it interactive, it's like, I want to say doubting children's um, intelligence because if a good young adult movie if it's well done you wouldn't even need that uh i mean it I depends found, yeah sorry i found that talking ahead. into the camera is more of just a stylistic choice kind mm. of like breaking the fourth wall mm. than it being like say door the explorer-esque kind mm -hmm. of thing right that's just so, my thing i mean like you said beautifully shot costumes great but just yeah mm -hmm. i also want to be that person where it's like yes like we need more movies like this but I'm not going to give them a pass just because it's there, right? Like, we want good movies, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, if I have to be the villain, so be it. I'll be the person to dunk on movies. Mm. But then, again, like, I again, I agree the screenplay was sloppy, right? How would, how would one improve on this going forward? Like, if someone were to make another, like, uh, 
you know, strong female character centered film based around this premise, you know, like 1800s fighting against society. I mean, you have something like Pretty Women, which kind of did it well, or uh, Little Women, which kind of did it well. Uh, but that was more mature. If it, like kids wouldn't, kids mm-hmm. would watch that and they just wouldn't understand what's going on because that was more mature politics, all that kind of stuff. It did get nominated at the Oscars, but for something like this, channeled at just a young adult and like you know, I'm guessing the ages of like five to fourteen, you know, or sixteen. How would um, you? Little do Women that? was the one with. Mr. Darcy, right? Or was that Pride and Prejudice? No, Pride and Prejudice. Little Women uh, had... I'm, oh my god, I'm trying to remember. This was last year. I know, actually. I'm like, there's so many yeah. of them that I'm like, I uh, start forgetting which plot point is which. No, Little Women was the one that actually had... Uh, it was in 2019, right? It was actually... Oh, a, yes. Yeah, I remember now. Yes. So, it basically... The one directed by Greta Gerwig. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it had... Uh, Suarez Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, yeah. you know, Laura Dern. Uh, had Timothy Chalamet actually in that too. <laughs> we love Timothy Chalamet at this point. Meryl Streep was in that one as well. Correction, so, correction. You love Timothy yeah, Chalamet. I, I, yeah, no, I mean, no, no, no. Brings it up. Okay, so when I say we, I meant I'm, I'm pretending to be Hollywood. I don't love him. I'm saying we, as in Hollywood, has pushed him on us to say we love him. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I mean by that. But, <laughs> but yeah, no. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. But, eh. So I I'm just kind of like going forward. How would we make something like? Because to me, right, I found this more bearable to watch from a young adult perspective. Like say one that's centered towards like a romance or like like romantic young adult whatever because those are just those do just straight up make you want to throw up uh but with this right yes the writing was sloppy but you still had a female character who basically had to go through um i guess things like kind of understanding how the real world works but not really because she was rich but Essentially, understanding that people, like people in the real world, can be, uh, can 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 be ruthless or can't be the best people. Um, she has to deal with her brothers, uh, someone like Mycroft, who is very controlling. He's the uh, he's the stereotypical like, you know, uh, <laughs> what's the controlling gentleman controlling white male, time. you know, in that time exactly. So he, you know, he represents she's, them. Matriarchy. The, uh, the patriarchy, yeah. The and, patriarchy. Sorry. and he, Sorry. yeah, no worries. And he is um, more or less wanting to stay in charge of everything. And he represents the society that feels like, oh, a woman's only purpose in life is to get married and have two strapping young boys or something like that. I know one of the one of the women in that said so. Um, yeah, and she is also, and believe it or not, there's still people who think like that till this day. I was right? gonna say so. Hmm, ninety percent of the population of men that I have met. <laughs> so there's still people dated. who think like that today, right? So it's just again, I appreciate that this movie challenged those things and kind of bridged that gap between then and now, and us still seeing okay, this is even till 2020 still a problem. Uh, I uh, and then to go back to when you guys talked about the romances too, 
I did not see any romances. I saw that she was kind of flustered by him going forward. But what made her an even stronger female character was that she was able to draw the line between, you know, when her mom tells her you have to make a choice, you know, and make that hard decision or whatever. She was able to personally, as a woman, because that, that basically shows her growing into her own woman, make that choice that, hey, you know what? This could be a typical situation where I would fall for this guy and then for some reason it would be a romantic thing. But she chose not to. And she fought the urge to kind of conform to that and just pushed him away. And she See, kept I, on she kept on pushing him away. And I appreciated that. Because you could tell I, throughout the entire time it was her decision. Anyways, go ahead, go for it. I appreciate that in the sense of being a female voice on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I have personally experienced as a 27-year-old woman is the constant, oh, when you get married and have children, when, you know, you'll change your mind about wanting children. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, maybe one day I want to get married at some point. I hope to. Do I want to have children? No. So stop telling me I have to conform to wanting babies Mm -hmm. and making me feel less of a female because I don't want them. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I did appreciate that aspect of the movie, um, and I think it is something that um, even now females are fighting with. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Would you got something to say? No, like, it's a pretty good point. It's like, I the way it was set up, right, and, like, how it progressed, it's like he clearly, like probably liked her and she made that choice that she's not going to go down like the whole no more what's expected of an 18th century woman mm-hmm. and get married and have two strapping kids because like i remember that scene when the at that the finishing school when the teacher said that and i was just like wow mm-hmm. people are trash i find it funny <laughs> that they say boys yeah, it's yes. even boys, not mm-hmm. kids. Boys. Yes. It's like, like, wow. <laughs> like, what? If you have a girl, it's worth nothing. But I mean, that was the thing. Like, if you had a girl, you kept having babies until you had a boy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Which was just, again, I, I appreciated the film kind of drawing well, attention I... to that. Yeah, sorry, like, go ahead. We know, like, some people are still like that, where it's like, I must have a son to continue the family name and all that stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's it's not that deep, bro. Right. And you know what's even funnier? When there is only one son and he's like, I don't want to have kids. Like, your plan <laughs> yeah. backfired on you. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. That would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> we have one son who's going to carry on this great family name. <laughs> It was like, no, I'm going to be a priest now. <laughs> so... Well, I, oh I have goodness. one friend, and he is the only boy. He has a couple of sisters, mm-hmm. and his dad was like, oh, well, you know, he'll carry on the name. And he looked at his dad and was like, I hate kids. Why would I ever have one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I mean, again, this this is coming from she, the her, what I loved about the film, too, um, is that she was already raised by a mother who taught her Mm -hmm. to be. And I feel like that was very important too, because again, strong female characters are from strong female characters. And I like that. We saw the same thing with the Wonder Woman movie 
where her mother and like you know the amazons are strong female warriors and they train her so i i found that interesting too where her mother you know taught her uh like jujitsu like all like the uh i guess martial arts the self-protective martial arts uh her mother taught her like like her academics like cartography philosophy all of those type of things and Essentially, even with all that knowledge, her brother, Mycroft, is still like, no, but you still need an education, end quote, mm-hmm. for, you to be education. A, for you to become a real woman. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, she's as smart no, no, as no. both you and a, Sherlock. A proper woman. A proper woman. A proper woman. woman. Exactly. You know, proper. Here's <laughs> my argumentative point on the whole education. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is actually something I even notice now in society. If you have a woman who is highly educated uh, and is very strong and will speak her mind, mm-hmm. men still don't like you because men don't like to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm not going to say all men because, again, there are good men out there. We oh, are, there we're are. Aware. I'm just um, let, let's not make it seem like we're alienating <laughs> all the men. Just <laughs> all the men go the jump dot, over dot, a cliff. Dot, I am. No. Um, no. Uh, because again, let's <laughs> not forget that a very, a really good supporting male character in this was yeah. Sherlock, right? So, yeah. I mean, like after she called him out, it's like you never came to visit. You were a terrible brother mm-hmm. for the longest time. I'm like, yeah, sure. You kind of sound like you were trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. exactly. And like they called him out on it. And, kind of showed that he he was more or less the character who was oblivious to the fact that and uh, i remember um the jujitsu trainer called him out on it where she was mm-hmm. like you would never know what it feels like to not have power to not be in power or to not be in a position to make you know the the main decisions because all your life right you've been <laughs> a white male in 1800s england who's also rich, you know? <laughs> like that's the... I think that is my favorite scene, especially because he acknowledges that she could kill him with that teapot. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but then that also reiterates how smart of a character Sherlock is. Like, he's not stupid. He just chose to be willfully... They did say that. He chose to be willfully ignorant to it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And this is supposed to be, what, the smartest guy, like, ever? But even then... Again, I don't know. I, I that was the stuff I found about it that was cool. Where it's like you could be the smartest person ever, but again, sometimes some things are so clear in front of you that because of society, you just you blind your eyes to it, and then before you know it, you become part of the problem, even though you think you're not part of the problem, right? So it's and I like, feel like that's relatable to what is going on in society right now. Exactly. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, when I, I can't remember when it was, like a week ago, when I looked at Uchi and I was like, hey, Uchi, isn't it great when you tell someone who strongly thinks they aren't racist and then you actually just like open their eyes to the fact that they do things that are indeed inherently racist and they're like, oh my God. And it's, it's like, it happens, right? And I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It happens. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? I can't be racist. I have a black friend. <laughs> oh my goodness that's the that's and it. yeah i don't know and i i, I learned to that. even have an antenna up if i meet someone for the first time and their first inclination is to tell me how not racist they are 
that's when like my red flag goes up because I'm like, okay, now I'm keeping an extra eye on you now, you know, rather yeah, it's than like when someone tells you how how nice they are and how like they've done this this and it's kind of like you're probably actually a horrible person (laughs) oh my goodness but yeah no it's it is so i i do applaud the film for doing that however the bad things that this film did um the finishing move that she would do when she would uh, was silly that the, was so silly. The screw piler, screwdriver, the corkscrew? whatever. Corkscrew, yes. Yeah. That she would like kind of sweep someone so off their silly. feet. She failed at it three times, I believe, three or four times until she finally three times. Yeah. I'm guessing they took and, that out of the book, but like it it was unnecessary, in my opinion. <laughs> I I saw her doing it and I was just like, um like if you fail three times and your friend's about to die. I don't think you should try it again. <laughs> it finally works when he's almost about to die. However, and, yeah, adrenaline, right? I guess you always hear those crazy stories about people doing crazy stuff when someone's mm-hmm. life's in danger because of adrenaline. That's true, I guess. Also, she—they already set it up where again, this is one of the plot holes I noticed because they already set it up. To like show us that okay, hey, she's um, she's exactly like Sherlock. She never misses anything. She's a master detective. Like she notices uh, details. But then she was with uh, the Mark the Marquis the Marquis for the Marquis. Yeah, the, she the was with the Marquis for like maybe an entire day after they left the the school, and mm-hmm. she never even once saw him put that metal plate on. So oh, at that at that point I was put like, it on. wait, wait, he put it on after it got knocked off the. Thing. Yeah, when the armor, the suit of armor fell. The suit of armor when it got shot. Oh, that's, that's when he. When he, he oh, okay, I see, I see. Okay, and also it was just me researching. I was like, can a plate of can a metal plate stop musket bullets? Like, is that a thing? I feel like I don't it, know. I'm glad it is in this movie. I think it. I don't know. It was weird because I was like, it depends on how strong that plate of armor was. <laughs> but at the same time, that would hurt like a lot. Even if he survived, he would be bruised so bad. Like that his well, sternum. And I don't think that was actual musket. I think that was birdshot that hit that shot him. Yeah, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't it's sure. because that the musket is a solid ball, whereas like birdshot is multiple small BBs. Okay. And like the nose, the panel on on the the way that oh yeah, it was, was kind indented. of spread out. Yeah, it's so yeah, it was a like a shotgun mm-hmm. thing they were using, a long barrel shotgun. So. Right. I don't know. I mean, with your gun experience, you like would a metal plate stop that? You know. Um. Depending what power of rifle that or shotgun they were using mm-hmm. and how thick that metal was, like if that's just like a showpiece of armor, no, because most of those are made out of aluminum. But right. if that was like a functioning piece of armor from like the 1600s, possibly. Mm, okay, because I, I just wasn't sure. So it was just yeah. one of those things. Too. There's so like before to give a yes or no answer. There's too many other other things that need to be taken into consideration before I can be like yes, it would stop it or no, it would stop it. I think this is just the power of movie magic we have to think of. <laughs> I so guess it's just so. A movie. I guess so. Yeah, because there was that. Um, there can was. I say something? Yes, sorry. Go for it. I don't know why, but I'm a really big fan of 
over the top fake CGI city backgrounds. Yeah, that like, was so noticeable. Yeah, it's so noticeable. But yeah. I really like it when movies do that because it's like we're not in real London, but we don't care, and we don't care that you know it's not real London. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like that look. <laughs> yeah, like the background and the design, like it was it was well done. It was clearly CGI, but it was well yeah. done. Um, you can even the trains, the trains were CGI as well. I noticed that too. So it like was, a lot of the train scenes looked like they were out of Harry Potter. Yeah, like there there were CGI trains, so there was that too. It it probably wasn't a high budget for the film, I would imagine. So it would make sense, I guess, from that perspective. But I don't know. It was just one of those things. But they do have a sequel, uh, basically coming out. They say in the next year or two, apparently, and they confirmed that actually last week so they've oh, acknowledged their right. intentions to develop a sequel yeah i was gonna say they were they Sorry, were what? very um what's the right word i'm looking for optimistic about how this movie would do to announce that a second one was coming mm-hmm. out before the first one was even released right but then at the same time it's like it's a 92 percent right now with a hundred and like 19 reviews so, like, it's doing better than, like, almost all of the Netflix movies that have come mm-hmm. out that we've reviewed this year, you know? So that's when I'm, like, interesting. Like, I'm very impressed. But then that might also be, again, the power of uh, young adults, right? The kids mm-hmm. or the, the little girls and boys who, are intru- who would watch it, right? It's shot in a very, like, fantasy like, I won't say not really fantasy, but like you you know what I mean, like a British, like Harry Potter, Guy Ritchie type style, but still kind of family friendly. Um, it's British and it has Millie Bobby Brown, who's like basically a hero to a lot of young adults out there, too. Um, she's basically the Drake of young adults at the moment anyways. So it just at, at this point, anything she touches is just it's platinum. So, so yeah, I don't know. Plus, she has a huge presence on social media. Like a lot of them follow her on Instagram and stuff like that. So she's she's pretty big, which is again probably adding to the hype around it. And again, I can see them making another one because they probably would make enough money to make another to make and another one. I mean, there is that like everyone has their favorite actors, and uh, if they see Millie Bobby Brown's in it, they'll probably go see it. I know I'm personally that way when I see Nicholas Holt has a new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's the fangirl, like, tag on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you like you like the actors you like, right? And then, obviously, if they disappoint you, then you're upset about it. But yeah. usually, more often than not, I mean, she didn't disappoint from an acting perspective in oh, this no, film. It's... So she still did a great job. Uh, she just I, wasn't working with great material. Yeah, with the great script, exactly. And they could, I'm, I'm guessing, like, Again, they c- hopefully they'll get better with their sequel, whatever sequel they make. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they do, <laughs> but we'll have to find out. But again, sometimes series get better as they progress, or sometimes they don't. So it just honestly depends at this point. It's an if game. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, final thoughts? Yeah, I guess so. This has been a very, very short episode. It's like, I guess we're at I like, mean... we're almost about to hit the 40 minute mark. Not a lot about this movie to really talk about. That's true, I guess. Like, but I do want to. I don't hate 
I don't I, hate this movie. I don't like it. That's I do want to ask something though before we do get into final thoughts. Did you guys yeah. notice how the assassin that was meant to kill uh, the marquee, how he, well, he eventually starts wants to kill Enola, like Millie Bobby Brown's character, and there's multiple times where he's literally just beating her up, but like no passerby or like. Just even when they're on the train, like no one ever thought to be like, hey, this grown man is chasing around these like teenagers and straight up wants to kill them. <laughs> and no one did anything. I thought that was peculiar as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're probably just like, mind your business. It's like, oh, but we should help them and get beat too? Nah, no, I'm but then, the business. But, but then like he had a gun at some point. He had a knife. He tried to stab... This man tried to stab, like, a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> but then, like, <laughs> the time when he tried to stab her, there were it was just the two of them in an abandoned neighborhood. Right. The gun was when it's just the three of them in a private house. So it's not like you have random passersby in those places, you know? Mm-hmm. It so is isn't... Yeah, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess so. But I'm like, it, it is an estate. Like, I'm probably sure they have, like... You know, maids. Ser- maids or servants or the field boys or something. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just I felt like again plot hole. Yeah, it was plot too hole. it was too convenient for him to just go around beating these kids up, and also at the it same also time too convenient for them to set up the place to be empty. Yeah, so that it's like they knew that he was gonna come back to the house <laughs> on this specific night at this time and make sure no one's around. So that we can kill him and dispose of the body. Oh my goodness. And then when he's dying and she's like, who sent you? And he says, England. That part too, I was like, that is horrible story. Like just script writing in general. Because when he's like, oh, England sent him. I'm like, okay, well, no. Because clearly if all it took for them to have government reform was one more vote, then there's a lot more people you should consider killing if you want the vote to be overturned. Because exactly. if because if all you need is one more vote, then you probably have half the government officials to kill. So, so. yeah, but then like, be, for the movie's sake, it, not, it needs to be super simplified. That government <laughs> bill fail just one time and never happen again. Because I'm like, if all it takes is one vote, <laughs> then you have to kill like half half the people in office. Which, why would you do that? Oh, also, my goodness. I, I'm going to point this out, the whole England thing, right? Mm-hmm. That was a callback to, like, remember when Noah was talking with the grandma? Mm-hmm. And what did she ask? She asked some question. It was like, oh, who are you protecting this for? And she was like, England, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's us. It's like, who sent you England? I'm like, okay, clearly it's the grandma, but that's cheesy. Like, yeah. does the grandma tell the assassin be like, okay, when you find him, say, England sent me, and then I kill him. Like I, <laughs> they, they had planned it beforehand. Like just in case, <laughs> if he ever asks just in you, case. why why do you want to kill us? Just say England sent you. <laughs> so that part too was a because little bit sloppy. England. It was England. It, yeah. If if you have to do that ever when you're script writing, that is very sloppy. You should not be mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, he could have said something else, like anything else. Honestly, just again, because England. This is a country that is already divided as far as reform, and typically, I would imagine when a country 
is debating about reform, that probably means you should consider reform because people wouldn't want reform unless something was horribly, horribly wrong. So, yeah, but as we all know from real life experience, some people don't want change. <laughs> they wanted to all go back to normal. And, not normal. They wanted all to be exactly the same as it was in the 1800s, 1900s, and all that stuff. Oh, with, some, with a group of people at the bottom and them on top and controlling <laughs> everything. And yeah. So, oh my goodness. I think final thoughts before we go down this rabbit hole <laughs> pretty much um all right so over here people away <laughs> over here on the northern critic podcast we rate and review our films using a coordinate system so we use north for good writing and south for bad writing in a similar sense we use an east for good cinematography or style or Casting, acting, all that other stuff that makes a good movie. And it goes west if all of those are bad. So a really good movie, for instance, with good writing, good screenplay writing, good, and good cinemat- cinematography, ca- uh, acting, all that other stuff, would be a northeast. So that means that's just a fantastic movie. And a bad movie with horrible writing and just horrible cinematography. Everything about this movie says throw it in the garbage can. That would be a Southwest, and everything else kind of falls in between. Uh, similarly enough, if our guests want to teach a little geography, we use coordinate systems using uh, real-world maps. So we might name countries using the equator and the GMT line as our north, south, east, and west. Uh, so that way you get to learn some geography as well while the podcast carries on. So, uh, yeah. So who's, who wants to go first? I will give this movie a Cambodia. That's fair. Okay. Cambodia. Yeah. I really enjoyed the casting. The acting performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. I I like the CGI background. I don't know. I just I just really like that background style. It's, <laughs> it's something I enjoy. I don't know. Oh, uh, but the plot and the writing was such a letdown. Mm-hmm. It was very passable forgettable like i i did not like that plot it mm-hmm. was the biggest that done this movie right so yeah that's my opinion yeah it could have yeah definitely the writing could have been better um pam you gonna go next uh yeah i'll give it the maldives maldives um okay. it's just above the equator mm-hmm. <laughs> um basically straight line west from cambodia yeah <laughs> uh Acting great, visualization great, everything else, wah wah, mm-hmm. not great. So yeah. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just kind of like in a neutral east. Right. Yeah. Right that's to me. Yeah. So that is. Exactly. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> uh, I would say, hmm, I would maybe give it a. Actually, you know what. I will give it an Ethiopia. Yeah, that sounds about... Actually, no. Sorry, my bad. That's a, that's above the equator. I'll just give it a Kenya. There we go. So it's average writing at best. Like, it, it's, it's not as bad as Batman v Superman. So... <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just leave it there in the middle. I, I was initially going to give it, like, 
the Gulf of Guinea because that's like smack in the middle. Uh, because also, like, again, I did enjoy the visuals and I enjoyed all of that, but that's still fairly average from like a Netflix, like what you expect from a Netflix film at this point, right? And again, like I said, the better the actor, the higher my bar because they've already set bars for themselves. Um, I just, Millie Bobby Brown was amazing, but this is like an average. This is her, this is her at her average best. Like, she's just who she is at this point, right? But she's been better in other things, which is where I'm like, okay, you did your, you did good. The movie was overall average. When I saw it, I gave it a six out of ten. As soon as I was done, in my head, I was like, yeah, it's like a six out of ten. But I appreciate, yeah, like the it's message. not memorable. Yeah, but I appreciate the message that the film is sending, and I do want to see more movies like that in circulation, right? Just maybe with better writing. But I'm not mad at it. It needed, in, I won't say it needed to be made, but it helps that it was made. Um, but yeah, no, pretty much, definitely. I I think I'll just go with the Gulf of the Gulf of Guinea, pretty much. That is actually yeah, very, like, very close to Nigeria as well. But yeah, I'm definitely like it was okay, but I'm gonna forget about it in about thirty seconds after yeah. recording. <laughs> That's fair. All right, cool. Um, I guess we can do plugs. So you can find us on Instagram at northern critic umfm if you're ever looking for us so again that's at northern critic umfm you can find us on twitter northern underscore critic northern underscore critic yeah and you can look us up on our website too which is just www.northerncritic.com yeah w just just northerncritic.com uh there you can find a full catalog or gallery of all the films we've reviewed and also a shop an online shop as well where we sell cool merch like hoodies and sweatpants and tank tops and all of that and iphone cases whatever you need we got that winter stuff is too. coming so get yourself some cozy joggers yeah or get a hoodie you know just to get an xl just get a hoodie that's bigger than you so that way you could just you know Sometimes I do the th cool, the thing with my hoodie where I just like bury my hands inside of the sleeves or just like straight up just like just hug myself within the hoodie and you just feel warmer that way, especially if you're somewhere cold. So that kind of helps. Or if you're just in your living room and you just want to snuggle with a blanket and just watch other things. Uh, not necessarily Better, this better movie. than this. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty much. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a Stranger Things season coming out this year because usually when stranger things comes out i would watch millie bobby brown but instead i'd be huddled down around a blanket and watching stranger things because that is such a good show but yeah no pretty much when's the so, new season supposed to come out i think next year probably. so mm -hmm. plugs or yeah. uh, plugs and recs personal plugs and recs any of those this week uh, uh i mean sure. do i have I... anything oh yeah uchigo uh my rec for this week is Persona Five Royale. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Like it's at this point, it's no. Mm -hmm. Like we all know how much I love Persona Five, the original game, right? Right. So I've I eventually picked up Royale, and my God, mm -hmm. they made the game even better. Like I don't <laughs> know how, but it's oh so goodness. much better than the original. Mm -hmm. And don't you get I'm that for free show. if you if you get a PlayStation Five, the PS Plus thing. Persona Five. Royale? Yeah, you get Persona Five for free. If you get a PS5. No, you do not. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw you could. 
No, I'm pretty sure you're talking about if you get uh, that game. Cyberpunk 2077, if you buy it on PS4, you get a free upgrade to PS5. So you get the copy on PS5 as well. Oh, no, no, no. But like, there's a PlayStation Plus collection that you get when you get a PS5 that has things like God of War, like all of the PlayStation like he- like good games. And then Persona 5 was a part of that, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, there's a PlayStation Plus collection and Persona 5 is a part of that. It's right there. Well, it's too late for me now. I already yeah. bought it. <laughs> but hey, well, that I guess that'll be my recommendation. Uh, again, this is not sponsored by Sony, but do what I'm doing now and just keep on putting money from your paycheck aside. And when November comes, buy a PlayStation 5. <laughs> that's, my rec- that's my recommendation. <laughs> or, or get an RTX 20, 3080. Oh my goodness. Well, for those people who don't want to <laughs> want to be part of the master race apparently, just get a PlayStation 5. Um <laughs> uh, okay. Oh my goodness. All right, so, cool. Um so again, thanks for listening and I guess we'll catch you. Me. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just cut off Pam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was doing that intentionally. I just wanted to rally you up. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. My rec this week is uh, the Netflix show Curse. It's not great, but if you need something that's just enter- like mildly entertaining to watch and turn your brain off, go watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Also, find me on Instagram. It's a winter beauty with an I instead of a Y at the end of it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, all right. Well, we'll leave you guys where we left off and we will pick up again next week. We'll be scheduled to come out there too. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I guess anyone else want to say anything? No one wants to say goodbye to the listeners? Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. <laughs>